Podcast number 50. I'm so lonesome I could cry. Hank Williams is regarded as one of the most influential singer-songwriters of the 20th century. Over 35 singles that reached into the top 10 Billboard country and western charts and 11 that hit number one. His life and career were destroyed by alcohol and drug abuse. Much of this due to his troubled domestic life and severe back pain. In fact, it was said he would lay down on the floor of his car and cry from the pain. On January 1st, 1952, he passed away of a heart attack at the age of 29 in the backseat of a Cadillac being driven to a concert. I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry is not just a song, but all the emotions of this man's suffering put into music. The lyrics are written so eloquently, capturing the loneliness of his life. As we shall see in this analysis, the music in a moderate tempo, 3-4 time, the key of E major, a bright key, and the use of mostly chord tones, one would not think this is a likely vehicle for such an emotional song. However, it does work perfectly because it is the repetitive melodic construction that creates a hypnotic foundation. Juxtaposing a bright, repetitive background actually shines a light on the darkness of the lyrics. Music is a mixture of dark and light. Here, we see it simultaneously. The overall architecture. First of all, it is in the key of E major, and the chords are E, F sharp minor, G sharp minor, A, B7, C sharp minor, and D sharp diminished. Let's listen to that now. One chord E. Two chord F sharp minor. Three chord G sharp minor. Four chord A. Five chord B7. Six chord C sharp minor. 7 chord, D-sharp, half-diminished, back to E. The song is in 3-4 time, a moderate waltz. It is a 16-measure construction, 4-4-measure phrases. This 16-measure construction we will call the verse. There are no other sections. There are 6 verses in the song. The song is strophic. That means the same music with different lyrics every time it returns. So the six verses are the first one has lyrics, the second one has lyrics, the third one has a steel guitar solo, the fourth one is lyrics, the fifth one is a violin, or I should say fiddle, solo, and the sixth is the lyrics. There is a four-measure introduction. The introduction, the first measure is E major, the second measure is B7, the third and fourth measures are E major. The first phrase. Before I play the first phrase, remember, I do not want to break any copyright laws, so please listen to the original recording. I will, however, play examples. The lyrics to the first phrase are, Hear that lonesome whippoorwill. This sets the mood of the whole work. The sorrow and sadness. 
as I said, the first phrase is four measures long, one chord, an E chord, the one chord. Same measure is repeated three times and then pausing on the B note, the fifth of the chord, in the fourth measure. The phrase starts right on the first beat of the first measure of the phrase. There is no pickup. I will play it slowly now so we can hear each note. The first measure is repeated three times. The first note is G-sharp, the third of the chord, and the second note is an E, the root. Notice how then it paused on the B, the fifth of the chord. This creates a pause called a cadence in music. The melody is composed of the third and first of the E chord before resting on the B. Normally chord tones are strength, non-chord tones are emotion, but here the repetitive notes so easy to remember and sing are only a vehicle to underline the emotional lyrics, not get in the way, not detract, from the lyrics. They are paramount. Phrase two. The lyrics are, he sounds too blue to fly. The same measure is repeated two more times, then pausing on the B again. This time the B is held for two measures, a much longer cadence. In music, often we see this, two four-bar phrases, the first pausing slightly, the second with a longer pause. The first phrase is called the antecedent phrase, and the second, the consequent. In any style of composition, repetition or repetition with variation is crucial to reach the listener. At the end of the second phrase, measure 8, we hear an E7 chord. This is called a secondary dominant. E7 is the 5-7 chord in the key of A. This makes the pull to the A chord, which will follow, much stronger. In effect, we're suggesting a key change. If you were to stay in the key of A, it would be a modulation. Most times, however, like in this instance, it's just a stronger pull to the four chord A in the key of E. For more on this subject, please listen to podcast number 22. It deals with altering the chords of a key to become dominant seventh chords, which creates more pull and a change of color. At this point, I would like to play the whole song and then we can discuss the last two phrases. Intro. Phrase one. Phrase two. Seven. Phrase three, an A chord. E. Phrase four. B seven. N with an E. Phrase three. The lyrics are: The midnight train is whining low. We know something new is at hand because the four chord, the A chord, usually signals a new section. 
In fact, in older traditional songs where the verse is labeled A and the bridge is labeled B, the bridge section introduces new material for variety. Traditional song forms are A-A-B-A, verse, verse, bridge, A. This foundation was popular in all forms of music, classical, country, rock, show tunes, standards, jazz songs. A-A-B-A has been around for hundreds of years. Think of all those 50 songs, you know, C-A minor, F and G, like in Greece. And then the middle, the bridge, would always start on the four chord. In fact, if the last four measures of this song were the same as the first four, this would be a small version, a microcosm of a larger A-A-B-A song. If we had to label this song, I would say it would be A-A-B and then C, because the last four, which brings us to the end, is different. As mentioned in earlier podcasts, the dominant form in today's modern songwriting is usually introduction, a verse, maybe once or twice, a pre-chorus, a chorus, then that's repeated, and then maybe a bridge for variety. But in today's music, the bridge is something totally different to bring a new idea into the song. Now we come to the fourth phrase, the last phrase. Now, this is the most important because it contains the title, I'm so lonesome I could cry. To underline this most important phrase, a few subtle techniques are used. At the end of the third phrase, there's a pickup, two eighth notes. At the end of the third phrase, into the fourth phrase, at the beginning of the title, I'm so lone, on I'm, we hear a G sharp, which is the third of the E chord, and then it moves to a B, the fifth of the E chord. But in between is an A. That is the first time we have a non-chord tone. It's a passing tone. It connects the G sharp to the B. G sharp, A, B. Listen now. Let's continue with the phrase. I'm so lonesome, I. These are all chord tones. On the syllable sum, we have a G-sharp, which is the third of the E chord, and then it moves to the syllable I, which is F-sharp, and that is the fifth of the B7 chord. The last three notes of the song are G-sharp, F-sharp, and E. G-sharp and F-sharp on could. Now, the G-sharp after the F-sharp is an upper neighbor tone sometimes called an auxiliary tone, to the F-sharp. So we have F-sharp, then we go G-sharp, back to the F-sharp, and end with E, the root of the E chord, which is always used when you want to end something as the final cadence. So here we have two non-chord tones, the only two in the song, on the syllable so and on the first half of could. I will play the whole last phrase now. Now, the second verse is sung. I've never seen a night so long when time goes crawling by. The moon just went behind a cloud to hide its face and cry. The third verse is played by the steel guitar. You will notice he plays chords with the melody on top. This is called a chord melody. It's very popular with jazz guitarists. 
In fact, if you're interested and want to see probably the greatest of all a genius, go on YouTube, check out Joe Pass. The fourth verse is sung. Did you ever see a robin weep when leaves began to die? That means he's lost the will to live. I'm so lonesome I could cry. The fifth verse is played by a fiddle. I find the emotion conveyed by this fiddle player incredibly matches the emotion of the song and Hank's voice. Instead of playing the melody with single notes, he uses double stops, that's two notes at the same time, and also pedal tones where he plays different notes against one note. This adds extreme emotion to this solo. I wanted to see who this person was, so I looked it up on the internet, and it said, in 1949, at Herzog Studio in Cincinnati, Ohio, Williams is backed by members of the Pleasant Valley Boys, Zeke Turner, lead guitar, Jerry Bird, steel guitar, Louis Innes, rhythm guitar, as well as Tommy Jackson, fiddle. So I guess it was Tommy Jackson and Ernie Newton on the bass. The emotion, intonation, and feel are perfect. The last verse is sung. The silence of a falling star lights up a purple sky. And as I wonder where you are, I'm so lonesome I could cry. This song is a masterpiece. Thank you for listening. Take care. Joe.